I'm Kaylin. And I'm Heather. And this is We Need Closure. We Need Closure. Always be closing. Hello, I live here. Always be closing. I've never been to your apartment. So real. What else do we need? We need closure. Hello, Heather. Hi. How are you doing? Okay, honestly, I am dragging. Okay. <laughs> we are recording in the morning, which is yes. not usual. Good um, morning. Good morning. Um, but the reason I'm dragging is, do you want to know what um, time I woke up today? Oh my God, what time? I woke up today at 11.30 p.m. yesterday. <laughs> Back it up. So Say it again. I went to bed last night at a decent time, okay. 10 Okay. Which is late for me. Yeah. At 11.30 p.m., my brain was like, get up. Oh. We're going to go over everything that's happened to you in the past 40 years. Oh, my God. <laughs> After that, we're going to talk about, we're going to think about everything that you've got to do this week. And then after that, we're going to kind of go over every possible thing that could go wrong in the future. Your brain is a jerk. So, at, and that's what I did until 6 p.m. Oh. I mean, 6 a.m., 6 oh. a.m. God. It's a.m. when the alarm went off. So, so just a nice, I got like an hour and a half of sleep. Slow form of torture. Slow in for like twelve hours internal or however yeah. long, eight hours. Yeah. Are you okay? No. Okay. So and here we are. And here <laughs> we are. I'm fine. Yes. So hence the coffee's in so, front of us. So yes, I yes I have Heather. I know. Okay. Well, I'm here for you. Thank you. And I can't wait for the nonsense that's going to come out of your mouth based on an <laughs> that's hour what and a half most of sleep. Worried about. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying. Okay, you're right. We don't normally record in the morning. No. You are a form of a zombie right now. Yes. So thanks for showing up. I love you. The listeners love you. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. And what do you got in the, that cup aside from probably maybe like some Kahlua? Or I know. Something? I know. I feel like um, this is just. Um, if you say black coffee, I swear to God, get out of my house. No, it's an almond milk latte. Of course it is. You know, I don't know at what point we all switched. We all think milk is bad. And oh, yeah. I all. Oh, I have yeah. to do almond milk, of course even do. though I have no diagnosed no. <laughs> allergy to milk. Heather, I, I have a sensitivity. A though, sensitivity. Okay? You and me both, sister. Maybe it comes with the age, the territory. I, I don't know. So. I paid $150 for some company to tell me I have a sensitivity <laughs> to it. So that's what I have. Just an almond milk latte. Um, nothing, nothing else in it? No. No sugar? No. Okay. I'm the jerk that's like, I would like a half almond, half oat milk, some oh. type of outrageous sweetener in it. And then I am, I am just annoying enough when they look at me and they're like, do you want any whipped cream on top? I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Oh my gosh. So what, what are that? That's dairy. Put whipped cream on I know. Are you three? Yes. I'm a child. My son asks for no whipped cream. <laughs> Okay, okay, so, so we're a little raw. We're, we're all jacked up for are, the coffee. <laughs> we are jacked up this morning. Um, so yeah, I, we do have a lot, not to jump ahead, we do have some really good stories that yeah. I do want to get to. But did you do your job this week? I How about that? I did. Okay. I did my job and it was a little stressful. You know, no, we, we, real estate? You're kidding. You know, I know we started this off saying we're not going to talk about, you know, market and interest rates and the economy, but it I creeps do, in. Yeah, it mm -hmm. does creep in. And I will say, you know, 
this is based on zero research or anything, but I can just see yeah. that people in general are just a little on edge. For sure. So I feel like um, doing a lot more more therapy uh-huh. and um, psychoanalysis. Yeah. And the, our world, their world is in our hands. Yes. And, and it feels all consuming. It feels all, they, they are hearing all the things that we're ignoring. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we, we've got our headphones on. We have on. our headphones on. But so, yeah, I, I mean, we got through it all, but it just was a little touch and go. Mm-hmm. And just, it's just, a, it's just a little bit of a stressful time for everybody. Absolutely. And that's bleeding into what our jobs are and. People still have to buy and sell, but they're also very stressed yes. about a lot of things. Well, so. and I think on that note, you and I saw something online this week, and I, I know that because I'm pretty sure from the We Need Closure podcast Instagram, you commented and I saw it and I was like, oh, that's brilliant because I'm stalker. <laughs> but you you said, you saw something that said, when is the right time to buy? And it was it's the right time for when you're ready to buy. Yes. And although yeah. I 100% believe in that mentality, I don't think that you and I can help but think the when the, we get to this time of year, I don't know about you, but I do get a little anxious. Mm-hmm. Like whether it is my listings or I'm representing a buyer, we are getting into the holiday season. That is a tougher time for real estate. You can either snag a great deal. Maybe someone has to move and get out of town and you you have an opportunity. Or if we put that thing on the market, we have to sell it fast because we are not waiting. We're not going to creep into your Thanksgiving holiday with that listing. And I, know. I, I don't know if, you know, you feel that way, but yeah, absolutely. I, that timeline is, is pending and pressure on us. And I think also like for our clients. Yeah. Right? You can't like our worst nightmares is it February and your listing yes. photos still have Christmas tree. And exactly. Like, <gasps> so it is, I mean, and that's what, you know, this truly helps me out just talking to you. And I hope that it helps some people out too, and that we're all on this together. If you're yes. a realtor, um, if you're somebody that's about to list or buy, like we will get through it. We've been doing this long enough right. to know, depending on the market, the season, it's all cyclical. We will get through it. Absolutely. But right now it's stressful. It is stressful. And we're going to talk about that today though. Like what you can do as a realtor to help your clients. Yeah. How about what not to do? Yes. <laughs> and then we're going to flip it around and say, hey clients, here's what you can do to help your realtors and or sell your own house and type of thing. And here's what not to do. Yeah. Yeah, because we got a bunch of great yes. submissions that have come in, and we want to go through them. So, Heather, you had kind of looked into uh, some statistics on this, right? Yeah, I mean, just one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there are approximately 3 million people holding active real estate license in the United States. Outrageous. So, 3 million people are out there running around um, doing this, and... I, I would argue that most are probably not doing it well. A hundred percent. And I mean that from a ki- very kind place, um, but... They can't all be great. no. And I think that's why with that statistic in our mind, we wanted to kind of break down when you're looking around and you're trying to find that agent to buy, help you buy or list your home we wanted to kind of give some qualifications on like, hey, make sure they do these things for you or, you know, make sure they don't do these things. Make sure they don't, yeah. Because there are 3 million out there. They're all in red pantsuits. They might have a magnet on the the side of their car. And we want to help you differentiate and find the one that really is right for you. Yeah, absolutely. But let's start with the fun part first. Yes. And let's start with the things not to do as a realtor. Yeah, yeah. 
So realtors, listen closely. Um, we've got a few stories here that we want to share. So Heather, I, I think I've mentioned to you that I received a submission about some buyers that were looking here in the area that we live in, and they had fallen in love with the property. They knew that it was a little bit older, it was a little bit dated, but they still liked the charm of it, and they were willing to do some renovations. So they had talked with their agent, hey, we're going to put in an offer on this. I think she was working it up. And in the meantime, there was an open house that weekend, which we often do, right? Hey, because the other thing I don't know you if you and I have talked about and side note to this I absolutely find it hysterical that we walk into a house with a client and we are there for 15 30 45 minutes and we basically look at them and say hey do you want to uproot your entire life and move into this property that you've spent less than one hour in great let's go write up the yes. contract the concept is ridiculous I've never thought about that but it's, it's true <laughs> it's true yeah and that's why I do if there is an open house that weekend I'm like go back in yes. it or let me know if you want to go in it again let's go sit on the couch for a second let's hang out in it can you see your family here you know can you see you guys watching tv type of thing so that's a side note so the the buyers went ahead and went into an open house of a house that they were going to put the offer in on and while they're walking around the listing agent is standing in the kitchen and I guess she thought that this was a selling point for the house but she turned to my not my buyers but she turned to some buyers and said the wife here in the property really wanted new double ovens for this house but the husband didn't want to spend the money so lucky enough for this seller the seller found some double ovens basically on the side of the road that the neighbor had put out. He went out and got them and he just installed them here in the house. Oh my gosh. How is that a selling point? A neighbor installed the trash oven. <laughs> you have trash double ovens in your kitchen. Can you wait to buy this property? No. Realtor, Bad, no, bad no. job. Not what you're going to want to say to people. No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Um, that buyer did go on to get the house under contract, which if that wasn't just a deterrent enough. And they ended up getting a call from a roofer who had said, listen, this seller had asked me to come out and give them an estimate. They did get the insurance money and they did not repair the roof. And I am calling you to let you know that that has happened. So obviously we can see the writing on the wall here. That buyer did not end up buying that property. They, um, they, they broke the contract and they ended up finding the other one that, uh, that ended up being the right house, right. which I do want to talk about that later, just in that if it's not working out, there is a reason. And again, you and I probably have a hundred stories about that, but I do, I do want to talk about that later because it's so frustrating in the moment and yet it's probably for the best. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, what not to do is there's certain talking points that you as, as a realtor representing your seller probably um, can talk about. And also, um, you know, as a listing agent, you probably should have done something about that oven yeah. before you listed it. Just a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, there's a, there was a house here in town and it kind of had a reputation or, or got known as the scavenger hunt house. Oh I ended up actually selling it, but the, when you have your home listed, you, you know, what not to do is restrict access and also make the key, like make it pretty much impossible to find the key to get into the house. So the actual showing time instructions, which showing time is kind of the third party um, company where we all schedule to get into these houses. And typically it's like, this is the combo. It's on the front door or, you know, but the, the showing Use time is super key. Yes. Novel concept. The showing time instructions literally said, go through gate, take a right. And the key is underneath the small rock, which is on the big rock. 
This feels like Alice in Wonderland. So I was like Pirates of the Caribbean, and I go back there, and there's there's not just one small and one big. There's some, several rocks. Um, Heather. And so what's so funny is this, everybody like was kind of talking about this house. It was like famous. It was a famous house. We had another realtor in our office that said he also, you know, it was just, you know, so things not to do is just put the key in a lockbox. I was going to say easy to find. I think a lockbox is like $20. It's not a game. It's not, it's not a scavenger hunt. You want people to get in your house and see, and it was a vacant house. Oh, for the love of, just leave. I can't. So, yeah. okay, but that's an excellent point. And I would say that that's the tip on this one. And and we'll get into this for the clients, but do not restrict access to the property. Make it as easy mm-hmm. as possible. I think so many clients think, well, if they really want it, they're going to get here. Well, you know what? If there's a decent amount of inventory on the market and yours is hard to get into, we're moving on to the next one and we, you just lost a potential sale. Right. So I'm going to go ahead and say it. Make it as easy as possible. Obviously with kids and animals and things like that, it does restrict a little bit of the amount of time that you have to kind of get out and clean up and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, you make it a revolving door if you can. The more buyers that you can get in your door and the more eyeballs that you can have on the house, the better chance you are of going to sell that property. It's yeah, just facts. Absolutely. Well, we do have some stories kind of falling into realtor things not to do. Do you want me to jump into? I'd love it, please. Um, okay, so this one I actually saw online. We were selling our cute little two-story brick circa 1870 house. The first agent we had never gave us one of those things that the flyers that you put out so people can see photos, the price, whatever. When we asked, she said that people just steal them. It's not a bad neighborhood. The one open house that came with our listing fee, she put the wrong date in the advertisement. Then ate all the cookies that I had made for the visitors. What? No one showed up because it was advertised incorrectly. And of course, we had no sign because she said it would have gotten stolen. I... What are you? These are actual th- people out there. I have licensed. No I still. <laughs> I know. Here's another online story of what not to do. We were trying to sell our house as is because we were moving due to a job requirement. Small house in New Jersey, but was the only move-in condition ready, move-in condition house in that area up for sale with lots of upgrades. We told our realtor that basically we were selling it to pay off the mortgage, and that was our minimum price. We were losing 100k cash, but it is what it is. I should have known something was up when she walked through our house taking professional pictures with her small camera using one hand, not wanting us to do setup or anything. We had several offers. She pushed us on the first one, which was lower, but we wouldn't accept anything that was less than what we owed on the house, a very fair price. It turned out that the best offer, in quotations, came from one of her friends, which her husband was representing. We accidentally discovered that. After everything was agreed to... We started negotiations. I made it clear that we will fix whatever needs fixing, but will not do upgrades. During the whole negotiation phase, which took weeks, she decided to go to India for a month. Oh, God. The whole deal fell through, and we were forced to do a short sale. I'm nauseous. Oh, no. This is a That actually makes me sick to my stomach. Because there's 3 million realtors in the yes. United States. And if you can't find one that is going to be an advocate for you and make sure that your priorities are front and center, then we need to move on to the next yes. one. This is horrible. Yes. I mean, I do think like tip being from these, from these people, like professional photography, number one, number one, if your realtor is not doing that for you or offering, consider that. And call then, Heather or yeah, me. Call, yeah. Um, and then two, you know, if you don't really truly feel like they have your best interest at heart and that they are representing you, like that's a red flag too. Absolutely. And I think it's okay to speak up. Yeah. 
and to say those things. And obviously you and I have the flip side of all of this, right? Where we might have a client that, you know, is being a little difficult or something like that. But at the end of the day, this is a big deal. It can be emotional, which you and I will talk about in a little bit. Um, but you have to have that advocate. Yeah. And I have one more kind of realtor what not to do. Um, that's it's okay, phone. Heather. Get it. Is it a client? Realtor what is, not to do. Does someone, have, it is a client. Yep. Someone want to sell? Um, yeah. Hold on one second. Um, so this is a story that was submitted. It's kind of long, so I'll try to do my best. But essentially, their home was for sale for two years. I um, And so they had a custom-built home kind of down south Texas. Um, we moved in in November of 2016. He ended up losing his job in January of 2017. So the house was on the market in February of that year. And it took until October of 2018 to sell. Um, this is terrible. We listed with the, again, in quotations, best broker in town. She would not allow us to have an open house because she said our belongings would get stolen. Again, uh, what is happening? I don't know. I, I've never said that in my entire life. Never in my life. She would not, and she said she could not be responsible for monitoring guests at the open house. She also suggested we leave the house furnished with our personal belongings when we moved eight plus hours away. So not only would we not have beds or couches, she thought it was a great idea to leave our stuff in an area that she previously said was unsafe. Things are not adding up. She also showed our house to a family who just wanted the floor plan and openly admitted it. Oh. So we cleaned up, evacuated the house oh with our gosh. children. They showed the house, and the agency, agency told us later the guest only wanted to... Another, client, another stop client calling. calling. Stop calling. Um, <laughs> Heather I'm is sorry. recording a podcast. She doesn't have time for calls. I know. So I would have just given them the custom floor plan or sold it to them. So she enlisted um, the help of one of her agents to film a walkthrough of our house, which was posted on our social media. In the walkthrough, he states, you can tell the home was brand new because you could still smell the chemicals. Oh. What? Great. I repeatedly asked for the video to be removed and be replaced with something more flattering like, than chemicals, but the agency never did. The night before the sale, the home was broken into. Oh, my God. I put that in quotations because there was no forced entry. The police found a back door had been left unlocked. So, essentially, you know, the realtor mm-hmm. or a realtor in office had left the back door unlocked. Oh, no. Um, I'm they, heartbroken They stole the cooktop, and, oh. um, but not any other appliances, which usually, you know, they left the refrigerator, dishwasher, vent hood, double ovens. Even though the broker's agent left the door unlocked, we were told by the agency it was our fault the door was unlocked. Meanwhile, we live eight plus hours away and have no longer have keys to our home. Oh, my God. Um, they would not replace the cooktop, even though the police said it was their fault. So we oh. had to spend $1,000 on replacing the cooktop, then still owed the agency their commission for the great job they did. So Devastating. I just feel like... This, this particular submission could literally be all the things not to do. I mean, this is why we did this particular episode of like, we're, we just want everyone to feel like they have the right tools going into finding that right advocate. And we don't want these stories to happen to you. And so I feel terrible for no. that person. And we thank them for sharing that story. Yes. And if we had merch, like I'd send it to you I know. to like make things better. Maybe we'll get some merch. Well, God bless them. I know. Um, so we've talked a little bit about all the things for realtors not to do. We did get some really nice submissions about some superhero realtors of things that they've done. And um, I'm going to go ahead and launch into that story. League Real Estate is a proud sponsor of the We Need Closure podcast. Always ready to serve, League is a full-service brokerage made up of a community of agents dedicated to meaningful service and creative media representing Tarrant, Parker, and Johnson Counties. 
For more information about working with League, go to leaguere.com. This category of the episode is things to do, like be that good advocate for your person, go above and beyond. We have a rock star agent in our office named Brian Lott. And when I say in our office, in our brokerage where Heather and I are at, and he really does go above and beyond for his clients. And he shared with us recently that in order to get a deal closed, he went to the hospital waiting room where his one of his clients was about to give birth And he waited in the waiting room with the notary to make sure that he could get the signatures of both the husband and wife so that they could close on their property. I mean, brava, Brian, brava. I mean, that is impressive. That is above and beyond. And we are giving you a shout out because that, that deserves a mention. Yes. And I would say we've talked, again, we've talked a little bit about this, but for me, when it comes to finding the right agent for you, I would tell agents to be real and be authentic and be themselves. Because Heather, you might have a client that is actually the best fit for you. Whereas somebody else might come and talk to me and they feel like our personalities mesh and that I'm going to be that right advocate for them. And although we all as realtors joke around all the time about we saw someone else that we've already worked with or that we know chooses another agent. And obviously there's a little bit of a burn there. It hurts, (laughs) stings just a little bit. bit. But I I try to tell myself, hey, they found a better fit for them, whether that was personality, whether that was proximity, whether they felt like they had to use them. But personally, I think that what realtors can do to be the best people for their clients is to be real and authentic, to obviously understand the contract, understand laws. Heather, we know that that's maybe not your strong suit. I'm kidding. You're you're an amazing realtor. I I know them. You know them. And I think the biggest one that I try to talk to people about is to not only understand the law aspects of what's happening, but to understand what strategies are new and happening right now to help our offer be as bright and shiny as possible or for our listing to be as bright and shiny as possible. So just because someone has practiced in this field of real estate for X amount of years doesn't necessarily mean that they've got a pulse or their hand on the pulse of kind of what the latest tips and tricks are. And so my, my kind of final comment on that would be realtors find a brokerage that makes sure you understand what's on the forefront and what's happening. Because if a listing agent sees an amazing offer coming in and it just happens to have one more gold star than all the others, that's going to set you apart. And so anyways, having a brokerage that really sets you up for success is also a huge thing for a realtor to do, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I'm always floored when I'll get an offer on a listing and I've never even heard from the agent on the other side. Yep. yep. Um, oh my God, I could not agree with that more. Like, you know, it's just so important to really, yes, most sellers are looking for the highest price, highest net. I get that. But there's so many aspects to your offer. So I think a good realtor looks at the whole picture, calls the listing agent, asks what's important to the seller, again, knows what kind of tips and tricks that that can set your offer uh, apart from others. The minute that my buyers, let's say, say, we want to put in an offer, I have already got that agent. I'm already texting that agent. I'm already calling that agent. And we're finding out if they're working any other offers. We're letting them know that we're interested. Exactly like you're saying, yeah. Heather. So yeah. like you said, when I see an offer come in and they haven't texted like, hey, an offer's coming in. Yeah. or Are there any offers? I How just many say, offers? I get a, let's take a blind offer. I know. I'm like, who are know, you? And what is happening? It baffles my mind that there are realtors out there. They're like, just show the house and send the offer. Not ask a single question. Nope. 
just <laughs> we think we want it. We yeah. yeah. Um well, and we did do a little poll on our Instagram and kind of I think the biggest theme that people, you know, clients want from their realtor agent is constant consistent communication. Communication like cannot stress it enough. And whether it's your first house or your 40th, just communicating, making sure the client understands each step um, and what needs to be done with this step. And then after that's this. And then, you know, agent to agent, fellow agents, please answer the answer phone. Answer your phone. Please. Answer your I know it's 2022, phone. but it, if I hate to talk on the phone, don't get me wrong. No. Like, but if I am calling you, like, yes. it's because I need to talk we to you. We need to chat. The text chat. is not working. There are some realtors, and I've done this before. I had an out of state client that we did the entire transaction via text. Oh my God. The entire. Um, I'm not even mad. He was an investor. It's Yeah, he was an investor. <laughs> so he was very kind of black and white with yeah. what worked for him. Very number based, right? Um, but there are just, you know, have a realtor, have an agent, have um, somebody on your side that you can get a hold of. And to our, to our, what am I, fault, Caitlin, mm-hmm. I would say we are sometimes too available. <laughs> Heather, I, um, I you know, for me, I don't know if you're this way or not. Like I would rather answer it oh. at that point. Cause I will move. I'll forget about it. Heather, I actually almost just said to you, this might sound like an abusive relationship that I've put myself yeah. in with, with my job, but I tell my clients I'm available to you 24 hours I a know. day. I actually, oh, actually I do like a psychopath. I say that to them because I want them to know I am here for you. And you just brought up communication. I would argue as a tip, no news is still news. Yes. Hey guys, I haven't heard anything yet. Right. If you are represent, whoever you're representing, seller, buyer, I haven't heard anything yet, but I did just want to let you know I'm still waiting or I'm going to follow up in X amount of time. Yes. So no news is still news to your client who's waiting in pin- on pins and needles. Again, I feel like we we get this, but since I just bought a house last year, no one gets it even more than that. A realtor who's going through this, yes. right? Yes. Because um, I was even on pins and needles and I was the one handling the transaction. Right, right. So I would argue, yes, communication is so key. Whether or not you're telling them 24 hours a day is maybe a little aggressive. Well. Um, but I would agree with that. And the only, the thing that just chaps I can't say these things, but just makes me so frustrated is when I am going to get in touch with an agent and let's say they're on a team and I call the number and it goes to a hot, like a, like a hotline Mm -hmm. or that's not really the word. What it, what would it be? Like a call center. Call center. Are you kidding right now? I know. I have to call a call center to get in touch with you about a house that we want to put an offer in unacceptable. Absolutely not. I'm sorry. My cell phone is everywhere. Call me, text me, email me, get in touch with me. Same. I know. I, it, it, yeah. Fired up about it. I get fired up about that. We will only (laughs) respond Monday through Friday from eight to 5 PM. I'm like, I don't literally our, our jobs are done the exact opposite time. I cannot agree with this more. It is Sunday evening. It is Monday at 730 before you go to work. It is 630 PM after you've gotten home from work. Well, let's break it down. If you're purchasing a home, you're most likely employed because you're most likely getting a loan. Therefore, you're getting in touch with us after the hours of your employment, which to your point, Heather, is some is mostly after five o'clock or early in the morning. So saying that your hours are during work hours, that's when your clients are working. Right. They can't call, I know, text, no. find out information. But there are brokerages yes. and agents out there. That's how they work. I know. 
And, and it baffles me. I'm like, I'd love, love that. Unnamed. I'd love that. Oh, that's cute. Only Monday through Friday, <laughs> 8 to 5 is the only time I do real estate. Um, so, yeah, we just communication, finding an agent that communicates and is available and, you know. Big tip there, folks. Yeah. Big, good idea. Um, we got to shift over to the clients. Yeah, we're going to talk about you, <laughs> clients. <laughs> we love you, but we're here to help you. How about that? Mm-hmm. So the I, we were going to start with the fun stuff again. Yeah. So the things not to do, clients. And, and this is this is to help everyone. This isn't us being jerks saying, listen, stop making our jobs harder. This is like, don't we all want to get this property sold or don't we all want to help you find that right property for you? So the first story I have actually happened to me and some of my buyers. Uh, we were headed over to a house they were under contract on and It was the final walkthrough. So just listener, in case you're not familiar, when right after, when you're in sweet, sweet pending and you're about to close, we do a final walkthrough a couple days. I I try to do it the night before, Heather. I don't know about you, but the day before we're closing and what we're doing is we're looking at the house and making sure that A, it's still standing, Mm -hmm. B, it's in the condition that you know it to be in or that you've agreed upon to purchase it and making sure there's nothing outrageous like a giant hole in the wall. I always say they haven't painted the walls black. That's That's like my go-to. I don't know. Make sure they have not painted the walls black. I'm always like, we got to go make sure it didn't burn down. Yeah, that's a little more. Mm -hmm. So the final walkthrough is literally just for that. It takes a few minutes, but we walk up to the house and we, I had already told the seller who was out of town that we were going to be coming to do the final walkthrough. He said, that's no problem. My son might be there, but I'm going to let him know that you guys are coming between X time and X time and I'll make sure that he's out of the house. Fantastic. So we go up to the property. I use the Supra. Obviously, we've talked about this on previous episodes, but we have access to houses because of all these dues we pay and the license that we have. And I open the house, open the door, and there is the son of the seller standing in the house and this giant wafting weed smell just hits all of us at the front door. And I go, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, your dad had said that we were going to come by the house and did it. I'm talking a million miles an hour. And he's looking at me like I'm just doing a breaking and entering. And my clients are mortified because basically this kid is hot boxing in their parents' house while they're out of town oh and they're about to buy this buy house, house and they have a small child. And oh. I'm sure they're like, is she getting a contact high right now? Yes. So he looks at us and he said, Hey, um, yeah, I'm about to leave. So just one minute. So we close the door. We wait outside. I'm trying to calm them down. He takes, I swear to God, 30 minutes to get out of the house, probably <laughs> like trying to vacuum up the uh-huh. smell or put an air freshener in. He finally leaves. Like a snack. Yeah, he's <laughs> making, making a pizza. And we end up going into the house. And unfortunately, I mean, he did a pretty good job of getting the smell out. But unfortunately, I, I, I think I paid for them to have it professionally cleaned oh after that. We closed. Everything was fine. But sellers, know who's in your house while it's on the market. Know what's happening in it. And please don't let your kids hotbox in it. Thanks. I know. That's also, my PSA. Yeah, things not to do. Like, don't try a brand new recipe, like, the oh night before showings are going to begin on your house. Because if you're like me, who doesn't cook a lot, it could go wrong. You could try to fry some chicken and it burn and actually burn a part of the ceiling of your kitchen. It sounds really specific, Heather. And <laughs> make the house smell like fried chicken for four days. So did you do that? Not me. Okay. I did. I know somebody that... that that happened to. And, you know, I tell people like, you know what, it's going to be a weekend where you're going to have more takeout. Like you just settle into 
great advice. That's great advice. And like, I do tell, I think because you and I have moved so much and have done this so many times, I hope that our clients understand this is coming from experience and also, you know, understanding it is a pain. I get it. Like, but you will be inconvenienced. You will be inconvenienced. But, um, but it will be a distant memory before yeah. you know it. And that was actually another topic you and I were talking about before we started recording, which was this will be the process of buying and selling a home can be the most intense experience that you've probably gone through in a while. You are literally getting information through a fire hose and then all of a sudden it's over and you don't think about it again for like 10 years. And I always tell people there's nothing more intense. There's nothing more that feels emotional at the time, but I'm telling you when you move into that property or, you know, when we finally get this one sold, it will be, it will be a distant memory. And so whatever feels intense right there at the time, it's not going to feel that way in, let's just call it a month. Let's call it 30 days. Right. So, and and again, we've lived it so we can speak to that. Yeah. I mean, just to touch on like what you said, I mean, I just, I, I think it's such an emotional, stressful time, but if you can, I tell my clients, like, let's step outside of this moment for a second. What are, what were our goals when we started this? We wanted to sell in X amount of days and we wanted to make X amount of money. Are we still doing that? Right. Yes. Is it what we thought we were going to get? Is it what we thought? Oh, we might get you know, more money, but ultimately, you know, there's so many, some people have to sell this in order to buy the next one, which is a part of it. Like, do you really want to lose your dream house Mm -hmm. over this? Um, But it's such a, it's a sensitive topic, I guess, because I want people to understand that I get it. Like I have been there. We've all been there. We've all been there, but I think our job and what's what sets apart another like kind of realtor to do thing is to be able to kind of be that middle ground and that kind of stability to kind of say, okay, guys, like, is this truly something in six months you're going to look back and regret or say, man, I wish we would have just, you know, absolutely lost the 500 bucks for, you know, whatever it is. Exactly. Um, Keep your eye on the prize. Keep your eye on the prize. First of all. Secondly, I often look at buyers and say, would you not buy the house over this thing? Because it's like what you're saying. It's $500. Yeah. And at the time, it it doesn't feel fair maybe. And obviously, mm-hmm. you and I are working so hard to get to that win-win negotiation with that other agent. But it are, is this not worth buying it over? You know, is this right. worth backing out? And often there, and there are some times we're like, no, this is worth backing right. out over. Yeah. But a lot of times it's not. And keeping your eye on the prize. I guess all I'll say about it is if you're, if you've got a listing and you are about to head into sweet, sweet pending and you're in negotiations and the buyer says your AC isn't working and you don't want to fix it. Um, you're willing to come back on the market for that. And the AC breaks in July in Texas. And then you still want to show the property through the summer with a hundred degrees in your house. It's not going to work out well. Like that is a, to me, just an example of not keeping your eye on the prize because what felt like a big fix in the moment is not worth this happening. And then the deal falls through and then you lose that other house, like you said, because it was a contingency. So there you are, you're stuck and it's just a bad spot. But I will say on that same note, when things like that have happened to me, and I wonder if you feel this way, Heather, especially buyers or sellers, if things are not working every way we turn, it's not working. It feels devastating in the moment if we stop and take a breath and possibly have to break that contract or take a break from searching or whatever it is, the next one always comes around. Mm -hmm. It Mm -hmm. always works out. At Mm -hmm. least that's been my experience. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think asking that important question to you, like, is it really worth walking away over this? Yeah. And if, if client, and again, we can put ourselves in that category at times, if you say yes, truly like, and I think sometimes too, I don't know if you've experienced this, but like there, you as a realtor may think, well, why are they walking away from it over this? But as I sometimes dig deeper in talking to my client, I'm like, I realize, I think, I think in general, you don't, this house isn't the one for you. Exactly. And I think if there is a little, what we consider a simple $500 fix. Yes. Once we dig deeper, we're like, oh, you don't want this house anymore. It's so perfectly right? said. Right? Because if it was a simple $500 thing and you can kind of take a minute, realize, okay, yeah, no big deal. I want this house and it's worth it. But if you aren't, then maybe this, you know. You're exactly like, right. I've and- had to do that. Kind of like, wait, like. Do you even want what, this house? What, and, and it's when you you just said something earlier about being like a psychologist, basically. Yeah. But that's what it comes down to is digging deep about the root of the problem. Because then, you know, you go on to the next house, there's 15 things wrong with it and they don't care. Yeah. Which, which again, right. I've, I've done that. I have seen my perfect mm-hmm. house and said, I don't care about those things. Yeah. I want it anyways. And that you've nailed it. Like yeah. it, you don't really want you this house. You don't really want this That's house. Exactly and there's no amount of negotiating or things that we can do in our end to make, to change that. You're so. exactly right. Yep. Cause we're good realtors. I know. <laughs> um, well, and client things to do. I mean, I think every good realtor will tell you get your house sell ready. And I think every realtor has a different take on what that is. Um, Kaylin, do you, what's kind of your, what do you tell your, your clients? My big thing is make it feel neutral. So I'm not making you rip every personal photo off the wall, but I'm also telling people, listen, a lot of people are going to be walking through this property. Do you want that photo up? I want it to feel like anyone could live there. I want it to feel like anybody could walk in and live there. So just shy of what I think you and I would agree are going to be the basic stuff, which is let's make sure that the like things look nice, right? So are we constantly going to have to repaint a whole house? No, but, but do we have some areas of improvement? Does carpet need to be replaced? Do we need to paint some walls? Do we need to fix some cracks? because we are in Texas and that's going to be something that happens. What work just needs to be done to make sure that when we're handing it off to that next buyer, everybody's feeling confident about it. So I would say that's maybe a little bit more of like the home improvement side. And then from like an aesthetic, it's going to, it's got to be clean guys. Mm -hmm. We've got to take everything off the counters. Like I said, if there is a personal photo, let's replace it with something a little bit more generic. And again, let's not, let's not hold up anybody to be able to get access to the house. Yeah. What are your tips? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I can be kind of awkward when we come in for that kind of pre-photo because oh, yeah. I, you know, I'm trying to be sensitive to, and everybody's style's different. But what I, what sometimes helps in telling my clients is like, we're getting your house ready to sell, mm-hmm. not for you to live in. That's right. And do you want to sell your house? Yes. Then let's get it ready to sell. It's going to almost look like you don't live here. Yep. And, you know, even in this insanity of the market we've had the past couple of years, homes that were done right, were selling, were the ones yep. selling for hire. Exactly. So I don't think you can, like if a realtor comes in and says, oh, it's just a strong market, don't do a thing, oh. then you should run Find another and call us. Call, call uh, Heather and <laughs> Because your home, it doesn't matter the market, you want to make the most money you can, right? So doing these simple, and most of the time it's not very costly. Yeah. I mean, we aren't, there's a, there's a, usually a fine line for where we think if you're going to have to spend thousands and thousands and we need to do a different approach with a different we, strategy, different strategy. One big thing that I like to kind of tell my clients is if you have, you know, 
this is me too. Like you yeah. walk in the living room and there's kid toys everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. There's the kid, the pretend kid kitchen. Yep. There's the pretend kid stroller. What I like to tell people is that those things need to go where they belong because right. people will walk in your house and assume, oh, there's no storage exactly. or there's no room for that stuff. Yep. When they're very well, maybe, but if you have just things that are kind of out of place, people get the feeling like there's not enough space in here. And, and they Where feel like am it's I going to keep in my them. kid kitchen? Yep. Where am I going to keep the kid Legos? So even if you, I mean, even if you have to, to take some stuff to storage, stick it in the garage, yep. take it to your in-laws, create as much open space as possible um, and don't have things awkwardly where, I mean, even the elliptical in the master bedroom. Exactly. Like, that's hard to move. I know it and I've had it like, and it was a great place to store my laundry, but just kind of creating this, this is where I sleep. My hanging clothes. Yeah. And it, this is where our family gathers for t- like creating an intentional um, space in yes. every room. So yeah. Cause it could be, it, it might be your crap room. Yeah. Literally. Which we all have one, but let's make it into an office. Yes. We all have the crap room. It's like, we all like open the third bedroom. Like this is where we store our crap. Everyone exactly. has it. Everyone's but got it. When you're trying to sell. Um, and again, eye on the price. Like I get it. It's annoying. It's, it's painful. It's could be a little bit of a costly depending on where you store your stuff, but it makes all the difference in the world. And time is money. And we all know that. I feel you were speaking just a minute ago about potential renovations you have to do to get your house ready. And again, we often work with clients that that funding may not be there, right? So we might have some work that needs to be done to the house to make sure that we can get top dollar for it. And that seller is already feeling strapped. Moving is expensive. I tell people that all the time. I've got clients that will literally turn around nine months later and be like, hey, should we sell and take advantage of this? And I'm like, guys, moving is expensive. Um, So that's something, I mean, if the clients Clients. would just quit calling us. Just so. Speaking of listing, (laughs) but but I think another tip, and this is if you can find that agent that understands how to do things strategically. What I just did with a recent listing was to your point, Heather, I went up and visited my sweet sellers were moving out of state and we needed to do a little bit of improvement. Moving out of state is expensive. That budget wasn't there. That is completely understandable. But what I did was I I spoke with a few other agents in our brokerage and they gave me some great tips, which were, hey, let's see if we can find a vendor that you can do half now and half when you close. Mm -hmm. And I'm sharing that tip because I feel like a good realtor is going to be able to guide you through things like that and not make it feel overwhelming. Yeah, provide solutions. Provide yeah. solutions. And so we we did it. We we did it exactly that way and we got we got full um, ask price for that yeah. property. So again, just just yeah. those little tips Get and tricks. Get your house ready to sell, not for you to live in. Unfortunately. I love that. No, I love that. <laughs> Holy crap. We I mean, you want to go another hour on we this? We threw a lot of stuff out there, man. <laughs> but, you know, it's just I I do it goes back to how many realtors there are. And there's jokes about real. I mean, we have a reputation, you oh, know. Yeah. We're like Oh yeah. But I just think I've, in my experience, I've realized that not everyone does a great job and we've all made mistakes. Don't get me wrong. Um, And we're not all, and and don't put us all in the same category because I got, I have so many clients that I end up working with that will look at me and say, I didn't think I needed a realtor. Yeah. And once we've talked about all the ways that I can help them, it's like a light bulb clicks and literally at the end of, I'll get a note that says we couldn't have done this without you. But again, I'm, I'm also telling clients, find that person that you couldn't have done it without. Mm -hmm. Don't settle. Mm -hmm. Find that, call Heather and Kaylin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there are, so, yes, it's a great time to sell, but there are so many moving parts with 
a contract with the process that people don't know about or think about. And we have to take classes monthly, (laughs) you know, about these things and contract changes and, and then also just access to vendors. I mean, through all my renovations, I know the good plumbers. I know the bad plumbers. I know the, just all, we make it like, I want you as a client to be doing your job. Yes. Let me do mine. I don't want to be bothering you about, do you have a plumber that you can get out there on Tuesday? I'll find the plumber. I'll meet him on Tuesday. Thank you for saying this, <laughs> Heather. I look, I look at my clients all the time and I'm like, my job is to make your life yes. easier. You and I could start our own freaking Angie's list with the amount of contractors yes. or, you know, the amount of yeah. vendors or, or technicians that we know to be trustworthy and that will get out there and will show up. Yeah. Uh, one more little tidbit I want to throw in there as an example is when we did have these three-day option periods in 2020 and 2021, when things were moving at lightning yes. speed, you have to have an agent that can get as many vendors as possible, either mm-hmm. in that house or in front of that inspection report to give you some guidance at a, from a real technician and expert's opinion so that you can move into those negotiations feeling equipped with all the information you have. When I get a buyer's agent handing me an inspection report and said, fix this, this, and this, I'm like, you didn't have the AC person come out. You didn't have an electrician come out. You didn't have a foundation person come out. And the list goes on and on. Mm-hmm. So I, having access like you and I do mm-hmm. to a lot of those vendors to be able to, I mean, text them at 11 o'clock at night, yeah. call them at 7 a.m. in the morning, mm-hmm. say, listen, option period ends tomorrow at five. You've got to give me a quote on this. That is the person you want in your yes. back pocket fighting yes. for you. Yes, absolutely. Shout it from a rooftop. Shout it. <laughs> well, they don't need to hear me on my soapbox anymore, Heather. No, and it's so funny because everybody been calling me is not. They're like people, <laughs> all these fires I get to put out when we end this. <laughs> Um, which is what we do. That's what we do. It's what we do. We're firefighters Um, too. We are firefighters. Add it to our resume. Um, Um, Heather, thanks for chatting. Yeah. This was a great time. I didn't tell my funny story. I was going to, not funny story, but. um, I need need you to tell it. Well, you had mentioned before about like the reputation of realtors, like, you know, short hair, picture on the side of our car. (laughs) When I joined kind of a big name brokerage years ago, um, my first day in there, they were like, okay, you need to pick out your name tag. And I was like, no, I'm good. Yeah, like, I'm no, good. you have to. No, I'm good. We're going to order one. And they, she said, do you want the gold bedazzled? Oh, God. Or the, like, more silver? And I was like, I, can I, if I have to have one, Neither. can I just have the, just the gold with my name on it? And she looked at me like I was crazy. Why like, wouldn't you want why bedazzle? Why wouldn't you want- Sparkles. Sparkles all around your name. Gross. I hate name tags. <laughs> Personally. Well, but yeah. Anyway. Did you end up with it? I had a regular, just a Did regular you? one that I never and wore. And they thought you were the boring realtor in the office? Yes. Okay, great. Yeah. More people just calling. All right. It was just fun. And we better go do our job. Informational, I think. I think so too. And thanks I hope. to everybody who sent some stories. I do feel, I feel for you that you had to go through this, but maybe, um, maybe we all learned a little bit of something. Take the time, find a good realtor. I was going to say, not only call us next time, yeah. but if you're not in uh, the DFW area, call us because we will know another agent yes, in absolutely. that area and make sure that these stories don't happen to you. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Always be closing. Hello. I live here. Always be closing. I've never been to your apartment. So real. What else do we need? We need closure.